Welcome back, rescue fans. So it's been a little while since my last Roy and Rescue, and I apologize for that. Though this next topic I'm going to discuss is not something out of the ordinary from what I've talked about in the past, it continues to be an issue, and so I thought I would address it again before it's too late for you or for someone else you know. And that's on the topic driving in winter weather. There have been crashes after crashes after crashes. Now, I'm up Michigan. We have been really getting hammered with a lot of snow in the last, I don't know, four days, five days. And it doesn't appear that it's going to be letting up anytime soon. So it's a little out of the ordinary because, you know, normally we get a little bit of snow, it gets cleaned off, salt trucks come out, things dry up, and we have very little problems. Of late, however, we've had a lot of snow. It comes down all day long, all night long, all day long. It's very cold, and so the salt does not work the same way as it usually does. In fact, salt tends not to work very well when it's colder than 20 degrees. And so keep that in mind if you're out on, this, on the roads and you see the salt trucks and the sand trucks out, better the sand trucks than the salt trucks, uh, they're salting and scraping and yet it still seems slippery. That is normal because again, below 20 degrees, the salt doesn't work as well unless it's special chemical. So a couple tips I wanted to share with you coming from the paramedic background. Space is your friend, first and foremost. So regardless of what um, mile per hour you're driving, whenever snow hits the ground, ice, slush, space between you and another vehicle is your friend. And so in many cases when we hear about these multi-car pileups, when we hear about people rear-ending other people, uh, when we hear about people sliding through an intersection and then getting T-boned, it's because we did not think about how much space we were going to need between us and another vehicle in case we lost control. So keep that in mind as you think about what is something very simple that I can do to help protect myself and others when driving in bad weather. Another thing to remember is um, speed. You know, I believe me, I understand when we're in a hurry and we're cutting it close, we don't have time for bad weather. And so we tend to try to make up for lost time any way we can by speeding up and getting to where we've got to go faster. And when the roads get icy, when they get slushy, that speed and the physics behind that cause our vehicles to operate obviously differently when you hit slush in the center line of the road. Um, it, it works like a trough. Um, you lose friction and grip. And the next thing you know, our vehicle is getting sucked either off the road to the side or it's getting sucked across the yellow line, double yellow line into oncoming traffic. And that's where we begin to see a lot of problems. Um, the other thing too is <clears throat> when we do get into an accident or we do go off the road, there's multiple things that we may or may not be ready for. Number one, is our vehicle topped off with gas so that if we slide off the road and there's no one out there to rescue us or it's going to be a delayed amount of time for someone to come out and rescue, will I have enough fuel in my car to be able to sustain heat and be able to live until help arrives? Number two, 
am I dressed appropriately or do I have backup clothing in my trunk that's able to warm me and my family if we go off the road or get stuck? Um, you know, we just heard about a family that um, out west that went off the road and they were able to build a fire. You know, I, I look around my own vehicle right now, I have to say, I don't think I have a lighter in here. Um, you know, do we have a lighter? Is it in the dashboard, uh, in your glove box, somewhere where you can get a lighter and start a fire by gathering kindling wood and things like that to help keep you warm if you got stranded. <clears throat> Food and water, you know, there's a lot of snow outside. It's not the cleanest usually. But if you really had to eat it or melt it and drink it for hydration, I think you're in pretty good shape. The food situation, you can go days and days without food. Uh, it's not pleasant. Uh, I've been getting a lot of people feeding back and saying, yeah, look, but if I have a protein bar in the car, it's going to get frozen. Uh, okay, you know, that's up to you. I mean, it's nothing to throw a bag of trail mix, <clears throat> which has an enormously long shelf life into your car, put it in your survival bag with extra clothing, um, some feet warmers, some hand warmers. You know, you can put them in your jacket under your armpits. <clears throat> they last two, four, six hours at a time. They're relatively inexpensive. But if, you know, if we don't do all that stuff, you still gotta think about, well, how am I gonna survive the short term, you know, a few hours to a day? So last but not least, the other problem comes into a question that my own child had the other day, and that was, okay, so I get in an accident or I slide off the road, how do I stay safe while I'm waiting for help to arrive? And that is a very good question. You know, we are trying to stay warm by staying in the vehicle. If the vehicle is well off the road, you're probably in fairly good shape. If it's in the road, obviously put on your four-way blinkers if you still have light bulbs that will blink after the crash. Um, ideally, we could put our hood up so that people know that we are stranded or that we're not, our vehicle's not working, um, that we have car problems. If we're proactive enough to be able to get tr reflective triangles or flares, we could lay them up as directed on the devices before a vehicle gets to us. So in other words, it gives them warning that they have to move over and not slam into us. If there's any way to get out of the vehicle and go to a place of safety and warmth, that would be ideal. If you can't, keep your seatbelt on, keep your lights flashing, stay in the car, and say a prayer that nobody hits you. I would still say that your best bet is if you're in the road, if you're in a highway and your car was struck and the roads are slippery, the chances of more cars plowing into you are extremely high. But to say that you should get out of your car and walk out into the elements, even off to the side, I think it's very dangerous because you, you don't have to watch many uh, multiple car pileups to see that cars begin to ditch it on the highway at high rates of speed. So you see them, they're swerving, they're going off to the left, they're going off to the right, they're plowing into other vehicles, they're tipping over and flipping out of control. 
I wouldn't want to stand there. You know, it's very dangerous for professional rescuers and police officers to be on scene during that time. We like to have the superheroes, the big red pumping engines, the fire engines that block us. They, they form a barrier uh, well enough ahead of where we're at so that if the car slides under control, hopefully they'll hit that vehicle and not us. But I've had some close calls out there. It happens. So if you are involved and you can get completely off the highway, get off the road, get to a place of safety uh, where people will not slide out of control and hit you, that's the best idea there is. So from Roy and Rescue, this was a little long. I hope it helps. Um, I know it's redundant, but I still keep seeing these accidents happen and I still see people making mistakes. And um, it's one thing to get into an accident, it's another to die as a result of that accident and the complications after that accident. So keep on rescuing. Um, we've got some exciting changes for 2014. We've got some exciting changes for 2014. I'm looking forward to a series on health and wellness. Some of you already know that I'm extremely passionate about self-defense and protecting oneself against harm. Um, I think it's a great crossover from Roy and Rescue called selfdefensio.com. Um, we are looking forward to some very exciting projects based on that. There's all kinds of innovations going on at protrainings.com. Um, so exciting stuff there, keeping us busy, keeping us on our toes, exciting things out there for you. You have health and wellness subjects that you would like me to discuss research and get you the answers, please be sure to email them to me at royanrescue at gmail.com. I'll be happy to look up any of your health and wellness questions that you have, and you never know, they might make it onto a Roy and Rescue episode, and I'll hope that it answers your questions. Because quite honestly, the thing that's drawing me to health and wellness is after 20-some years of emergency medical services, and I'm, I'm still completely for rescue. Don't get me wrong. There has to be reactionary treatment to help people when they are in a life-threatening emergency. And that is very exciting. And there's a lot to talk about on particular subjects. But in many cases, there are things that we can do that would help us never get into a, an emergency life and death situation in the first place. And that could be preventative. That could be about health and wellness. That could be about exercise. That could be about learning about new technologies that are out there. There's constantly new things coming all the time. And I hope that I can become a trusted site for you to turn to, to ask those questions, get your answers, and learn more and more about how to live your life healthy, happy, and strong, and safe. And then if there's an emergency, how to react to that emergency and save a person's life. So I hope this helps. From Roy and Rescue, stay safe, stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.